Welcome to today's podcast. Sit back and relax and let's enjoy a great message from God's Word at Oak Grove United Methodist Church. <laughs> and the people of God say, Amen.
for uh, scripture today. You, you might be seated. You might be seated. Thank you. Um, if we were going to go through the different uh, different passage, little by little, we're going to read the first one coming up from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 10 to 20. And I'm going to present the word to you today, and after that, we're going to be touching uh, the other verses that is there as part of the suggested reading, readings. And I want to do this because we're going to talk about justice. And we're going to talk on the sense that justice is going to bring you joy. And a lot of times it's kind of hard to to bring these two things together because you think about chances and you think about rulings and about uh, suggestions and about um, things that needs to be done. And that's the case. But even doing that, the joy of the Lord we can, will come to you. And we're going to start a new series that is going to be on for three Sundays. The new series worship is joy, exactly. And it's the flip side of justice. And today we're going to be doing the reading from Isaiah. Listen to the Lord, you leaders of Sodom. Listen to the law of our God, people of Gomorrah. What makes you think I want all of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I'm sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fat cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. As for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath, your special days for fasting, they're all but sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They're all burden to me. I cannot stand them. When you lift up your heads in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. For your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of all orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. Come now. Let's settle this, saith the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as gold. <coughs> if only you will obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. God, for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen. 
going to analyze this scripture from Isaiah. And I want you to remember that Isaiah was a book that was remembered by Jesus. And he quote actually Isaiah and his ministry. This book of the prophet Isaiah is telling the people of Israel what they need to do and how they need to behave. You remember that they were away from the land that was promised to them because sin promotes that God be away from them during this time of the history. Sin took the Israelites to be away from the land that God promised to them. And during the time that everybody was going to come back to rebuild the city, during the time that they were going to be back to work together and to reestablish the culture and to reestablish not only the communication among men and women in the community like it used to be before, but they were working on reestablishing the connection, the relationship with God. And the Lord expressed to them that they were doing a lot of things that were religious. They were doing a lot of things that follow up with the tradition they had to do it and participate. They were paying for their sin, giving um, offerings, and making even sacrifice the way that was established <coughs> on the Old Testament. But at this point, the Lord said, All that you are doing and trying to do is meaningless. All that you are trying to accomplish don't make no sense. And actually the, the Lord said to them, even the offerings that you are giving are making me sick. I don't want to participate in something like this. And this is what God is speaking to the people. And how do you think they will feel if they were doing the things that they were supposed to do? How do you think they will react to this voice of the prophet speaking from the Lord? You see, the problem is not only for us to come on Sunday to church, to be here, to, to dress up and, and to be nice and to say hi to, another, to one another, to have a good service, and after the service you go to Sunday school, participate in the class, you learn and you absorb all the knowledge. Then, after the day is over, you go to your house, and you forget about the Lord for seven days. You do your normal life, go to work, wake up early morning, take care of the business of life, and just be ready for the following Sunday. But during the week is not any result that is shown. And that is what the Lord is seeing. 
You remember Ben Dance when I said to you during the offering time. If you're going to give an offering, don't feel obligated. Don't feel like you have to do this. But if you give something to the Lord, give it with your heart. You see the word of God telling you this? If you want to give to the Lord because you want to cover your sin, and you think that giving a big check or doing this or making something for, for the church and for the community is going to cover all that, the Lord knows your heart. And you, know, you cannot change that. We hear about, we hear about people living double lives. They are, uh, they are good on their business. They have big positions and, and everything is fine. But on the other side, they do things like <coughs> And we can foolish ourselves. We can foolish our neighbor or our wife, our families. We can foolish even the system. I was in one of the classes this week talking about, about taxes and waste and things that you can do to, um, to lower your income. That way you don't pay so much taxes. And they have classes that teach you how to do all these things. And many of them are legal. But many of them are kind of getting too close to not being illegal. And you know what happens if you don't pay your taxes? Well, maybe nothing if they don't get you. But if they get you, you prefer to come to church. <laughs> and that's what it is. And even Jesus said about taxes. We have the Bible because they ask him. They try to trick him. Do we need to pay our taxes? And the Lord say, Give to Caesar what is Caesar. And give to God what is from God, right? Yes. And I hope your life is stamped with the image of God in you. Then you will give your life to the Lord. The Lord say, don't do these things because they are part of your ritual. Being religious is not going to make you be close. Maybe, maybe make you look nice. Maybe make you look good. When you go to the office now, different office, they, they have uh, sponsors and people who give money. And, and the more money you give, the bigger your name is. And if you you uh, work, help, or do these for, for the companies, they put on different walls, you know, silver level and platinum level and, and all the levels. Are, and people feel good when their names are out there. But it would be better to have your name written in the book of life. Amen. Not only for others to see what you can do or how much money you can give, but actually for doing something for the work of God. When you go to a restaurant and you ask for a plate and, and, and you ask for whatever you choose, they prepare and they, they, they present it to you. 
And when you see on the plate, this is great. This looks good, yummy, smelly. Making, make, making your belly get ready for this feast. But to get that done, that took time. And took ingredients. And took um, knowledge from other people to make these things together. And by then, you will have a nice plate. And a lot of times that's what we don't want to do. We don't want to spend time going to look for the ingredients that we need to get together. We don't look for those who have the knowledge on how to put these things together. We just want the nice warm plate ready to eat. But it's a process and on the process is what God is focusing on. In the process of our life is what God is checking us out. It's not on the end result when the plate is ready or ready to be, but it's on the process of how you bring that plate all together. Verse 13 says, Stop bringing useless offerings. I wonder how many churches preach about this word. Stop bringing useless offerings. Don't bring it anymore if you are giving to the Lord. She's to cover all your other stuff that you don't want the money to know. You don't want to know the Lord to know. But when you give to the Lord, we give with a happy heart. Give all yourself and give even more if you can. Because the Lord is going to accept your offering and your giving. The Bible says at the end of the verse 13, I cannot stand iniquity with a festival. When we come to church, we celebrate that we come all together as a brothers and sisters to participate on this time of unity when we sing together, when we pray together, when we check ourselves out, when we give our testimony, when we express our hearts and see how we feel, when we go through our pains and aches. It's a special time, but the Lord said that He can stand iniquity when we come all together. You see, we can present a good picture and we can present ourselves nicely, but what is in our hearts? What is the desires that we have? What is the goals that we put in our life for ourselves? And the goals that the Lord have with us to achieve. <coughs> Sometimes it takes a little bit of time for us to, to know or to decide what is going to be the next step. Sometimes it takes months or years, but God is planting a path in your way on things that can bring you closer to what God has as a desire for your life and for your ministry. Because you may say, well, I'm not a preacher or I'm not a leader of this scenario at the church, or maybe you say, I'm not even ministering to nobody. 
to say that no, no procedure. <coughs> but you know what? God put you in this life for one reason. At least for one reason. And it's to serve God and to serve others. If you are a mother and you prepare the food in your house, you're ministering those who are around you. If you are a father and you are doing stuff for your house, for your family, maybe you are working and trying to get things settled for the house. If you are a kid that you are going to go to school, that is what God called you to do and you have to be the best that you can be. God give you an opportunity to do or to reach for others. We need to be the blessing of the Lord. And when you do the right thing, your heart is going to be filled of joy. When you do a good thing, you're going to go back to your house and you're going to, to feel good about the actions you did. Not to cover something else and not to put bad stuff away, but to be sincere to the Lord, sincere to the goal that the Lord put in our life. If the Lord, if the Lord bless you, anyway, if the Lord bless you with any blessings that come to you. I hope you recognize the power of the Lord. And I hope that you can give according to the blessing that you receive. Not only just to be known by others and just to express yourself, but in a sign of thankfulness, in a sign of happiness in a sign of the joy that the Lord put in your heart. Do we have the, the reading from uh, Genesis? Let's go to Genesis and let's read these two verses. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. We're talking about Abraham. Back in Genesis, in the beginning of the Bible, when God told him that he was going to have a son, he was going to have people after him. And he thought, how this can be I'm too old. And even the wife, was not ready to come babies anymore. But the Lord made a promise and the Lord said, this is what is going to happen. And Abraham put faith on the word that the Lord gave to him. And because of that faith, God did a tremendous thing. And I want to bring you really quick. Because Abraham and Sarah, when they start to, to talk about the babies, and they say, you know, we're all, what can we do to, 
Ducal, uh, Ducal Keynes, and she said, well, I have a good idea. We have Agar here, and she's my servant, and if you have a, a baby with her, then we can call it our own. And they were trying to help God to do something. But you know what? God was not happy with that situation. God did not ask them for any help. But the baby was born. And his name was Ismael. And Abraham said, Lord, here is my descendant. And the Lord said, No, it's going to be from your own. And you see how God is the God of justice. He don't take an easy exit to solve a problem. God respects Abraham and Sarah as a husband and wife. And the Lord said, The son is going to come from both of you. I don't need no help to solve this problem. I don't need somebody else to come in the middle of the promise that I just give it to you. And this is what happened today. On the world we live, we try to help God to do things. And we start to do things that are not according to God's will. And the Lord said, no, this is not going to work like this. Amen. God respect the decisions that you made. And God honors you when you honor God. And the promise that God gave to Abraham, did he fulfill it? Yes, yes. We have heard testimonies today of the great things that God promised to the Israelites. And many are still going back today to the land. And we are all waiting to what happened, to what will happen in Jerusalem when the Lord come back to lift us all up into the clouds to be all together with the Lord. And I'm waiting for that time. I'm waiting for the time when all our stress are going to go away. All our pains and aches are going to go away. All the suffering, all the tears, all the things that make us sad. But with God's grace, if we are faithful, and if we follow God's voice, we can accomplish so many things. Let's go really quick to Hebrew chapter 11. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. We're talking about faith. How many of you have faith? I hope I can see all the hands of them. And if you don't have faith, the Lord will say, ask me and I will give it to you. And what is faith? Faith is the reality of what is hoped for. What are you hoping for? Or are you hoping for something at all? 
Or maybe you hope already is declining. You don't feel that you can hope anymore. But we need to have hope on the future. We need to have hope of things that it's going to happen, even when you don't see it. That is what Abraham did. He had faith in God about this baby. Can you believe? 80, 90, 100 years old, having a baby. We had Jonathan when we were close to 40. And he's a tough one. And he's a tough one. That's why people have to have babies because they are young and strong. And they are active. Heather is taking, taking care of these three beautiful kids. And ask her if she's tired at the end of the night. Getting them ready to go to school, to do this, to do that, to uh, just to feed them. You know, when you're growing up, you eat a lot. Yes. Well, some of us still, still, uh, because my mom always said, you need to grow. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to grow this way anymore, right? But it's tough to have kids. And not only to have the kids and to, to help them to grow, but it's tough to lead them in a Christian life and teach them the right things. It's tough to control them and to say no and put the limits. It's tough to make these little ones to become good people. It's tough. But we need to have faith. And the faith has to be in the Lord hoping that we can do all things, not because us, but because He gave us the strength and the power. The things that we are waiting for, what are we waiting for? We are at the end of summer now, but uh, pretty soon this, this time season for planting is going to be on. If you want to get ready for next year to have some produce and stuff, you need to kind of start preparing the land, the soil, the seed that you're going to use. And you need to put that, and even if you don't see anything yet, in time, it's going to grow and it's going to develop in a beautiful flower, a beautiful tree. And it's going to give you fruits. It's going to give you results, but it's going to take time. Is that what you're hoping for? If you want to become a doctor, but you say, I'm not going to go to school. I'm, I'm just want to be a doctor because I'm nice. Uh, because I read a lot of information from internet. <laughs> If you want to reach something, you need to take the right steps into achieving what you want to do. <coughs> I remember my father said many times, a lot of people have goals, but they never reach it. Not because they don't start, but because they don't finish. If you start something, make sure you're going to finish it. If you're going to start something, something that God put in your heart, doesn't matter how hard or how difficult it is, 
and Samaria. Well, the obstacles are there. But if you give your heart to God, and you put effort, and you have faith, many things can be accomplished. When I read from Luke, chapter 12. So, don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasures for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasures will be safe. No thief can steal it, and no more moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning, as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you in truth, he himself will seek them. Put on an apron and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he wouldn't permit his house to be broken into. You must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when it's least expected. We need to be ready. We need to be with the lamp on. We need to be waiting for the right time to do the right thing. Every Wednesday when we have Heaven's Kitchen here, the meal is served at 6. The devotion starts at 5.45. The doors open at 4. But you know what time Ada and Mary come every Wednesday to prepare for all that? Early in the morning. Sometimes they are here at 10, 9, 10, 11. They have to prepare all day long for the event. And the dedication of the effort they put give a clear result. Last Wednesday, people were having big problems to find places to sit. Amen. Because the blessing of few who are committed to serve the needs of the community. We need to be prepared, not waiting for what is going to happen, but have faith that the Lord is going to bless us in a way that never happened before, but it's going to be a new thing. It's going to be a way that the Lord is going to raise us up. From whatever circumstance we are, whatever situation we feel, whatever um, debility we have in us, the Lord is going to strengthen our body and our soul to be able to reach the goal that the Lord has for us.
I love to see you here in our church. And I love to, to see the faces. But when I see you, when I look at you, I see many empty spaces, many empty places. And you know what? <coughs> I can think two different ways. Being depressed because we have so many pews that are not in use. Or I can start to pray to the Lord, asking the Lord to give me faith to see on these pew new faces Amen. that are part of the community. To be preparing the way for the Lord and for those who are going to join us and for those who are going to participate in this community of faith. I have two ways. Which way do you think the Lord is going to pull me forward? I don't want to be like, oh, we are so few here. We have so many seeds. We might have to sell some seeds from the church because we are really going to use it. We can say, Lord, we are going to be in prayer. We are going to be seeking your face. We are going to ask the Lord to give us the opportunity for that, that space that we need on Wednesday night to have it ready to go Sunday morning here. All the people that are waiting at the door to come in, they might need to know that the doors are open already and can be part community. Those who are seeking justice, doing the right thing with hope and with faith, can find joy. And when you find joy, you're not going to be working anymore, but you're going to be enjoying what you do because that is going to bless you on a special way. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. I want to invite you to give your offerings now to the Lord. I want to invite you 